Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have very amazing returning magical guest, Allison Charles, aka the Rockstar Shaman, is here joining me. Hootie hoo! <laughs> That's for the animal totem of the month, the owl. Yes. And Allison, actually, you you've been feeling the the owl coming in even before March came. You were you knew it was like here and approaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful with these monthly energy forecasts that I write. They're, they get published on Well and Good. And it's incredible to, the way each month I can feel the energies coming in and the communications for what needs to be expressed through the energy forecast, but especially the animal totems. They have been physically revealing themselves to me. Um, I'm trying to remember... Oh, the month before I had been in L.A. and the last day that I was there, I was getting ready to get in the car and leave Topanga to head to LAX to fly back to New York. And as I put my things in the car, this hawk came cascading down from the sky and swooping down and I and I we made the connection hawk and I and I was like okay and I thought that that would be it no the hawk came right over top of me and my friend and circled around us not once not twice but three times and I was circling with it and talking to it and yeah so they and then Al came in really powerfully too it's very potent stuff it's interesting. About two months ago, I kept noticing hawks mm. as well. And the message that I got from it was taking that higher perspective because I was getting very stuck yeah. in my ego, personal self of like, you know, my, this, you know, this is my journey in a way that was very like heavy. And whenever I saw it, I kept reminding myself to go up a little bit into the impersonal. And I would love to hear for both the hawk and the owl, what your messages or their messages that come through you are. And you can separate hawk, because I know hawk and owl might have similar messages, but owl especially is very, I think, unique in its vibration. Yeah, interesting. And before I tell you that, I'm curious, I would really like to know, what was the thing about hawk? What do you mean? Like when you went up, what was the bigger perspective that you saw? Yeah, so at the time when I was seeing hawk a lot, I had just been delivered a blow of news that really rocked me and I was getting stuck in um, my own personal trauma of it, like forgetting that there's a whole bigger purpose to these things that help us evolve. So when I saw the hawk, I kept remember not to completely leave my body or leave quote unquote small ego, Kate. I very much love the manifested ego, Kate, but I also kept you know, when I saw it, I was like, go up a bit, go into the impersonal. Remember, there's a bigger divine plan for everything. So we often, our egos are like, this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, we think we know the answer and we want to control everything. And the hawk kind of remembered, reminded me that, you know, there's a higher perspective. There's a higher view that my higher self, you know, and all of our higher selves can orchestrate for us, even though us in this, you know, limited place think oh that's not the way it's supposed to be this isn't according to plan Mm -hmm. and I kept it reminded me no there's a bigger 
plan. And it just in those moments, not that I could completely rise out of the drama, my personal drama, but it did c- keep reminding me there's there's a bigger thing going on. Okay. And even though I thought I knew the way something was supposed to work out, the hawk kind of remi- reminded me, no, you know, God, our higher selves, mm. um, they're the ones in a sense with the controller with all this. And they know, they meaning like deities, God, whatever you want to call it, universe, you know, I'm being supported, even though I felt at the time, like I had just been kicked mm-hmm. in the vagina dick. Yeah. I was like, no, somehow, even though it feels like that, this is for my highest interest. Absolutely. And so I, I want to talk about the hawk and the owl medicine and how they actually are linked together in a second. But what you're now telling me reminded me about one of my shadow moments that I went through last week. And oh my gosh, it was one of the most powerful things because I was being confronted with one of my greatest fears. And I was really intensely being kind of taken down in a lot of senses by this of just like the constriction of the of of the fear and the terrorizing thoughts and the what ifs. And I was like, okay, I, I all of a sudden shifted to this thought of like, okay, Allison, I know that even with this scary orb that is presenting itself to me, I know that it is possible to remain in a realm that is filled, completely filled with peace and faith and trust. And I know that I don't have to fill that realm with like things to just fill it, filler, the filler of like, um, scary thoughts or things that that you'd latch on just to just to fill the space. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was like, I know it's possible for me to float in this to be completely filled with peace and trust around this. And so I had that thought and I had that intention. Just so happens before I went to bed that night, I was doing an online shamanic ceremony with the Power Path School of Shaman Shamanism. And so I, I thankfully was able to immerse into that. Then I headed to bed. And when I was falling asleep, universe instantly was heeding that intention and that call that I had had around that realm because when I was laying on my right side all of these um, sacred geometry codes were entering in and you know that I see a lot of like star illuminated beings a lot especially as I'm drifting before I fall asleep that's the norm for me at this point but these things were all new and there Mm. were all this sacred geometry codes coming in and they were like all these designs and keys and codes and then I accessed those then I rolled over to my left side and that's when all of this like alien stuff like like these ancient hieroglyphs and alien pictures were coming in and then the next thing that happened after I'd gotten immersed with all these frequencies was they took me to that realm and when I tell you it is the first time in my entire existence this lifetime perhaps I've done it other ones I don't know but first time this one where I truly was accessing and immersed in complete peace, 100% faith, and complete trust. Amen. 
and and that story goes exactly with that hawk medicine for me. Obviously, it's a different form of it, but yes, it's like getting you know you want to get stuck in that fear almost, and not just fear or or the pain or the anger or the sadness. Yeah, you get attached to because that's yeah. where we know to where to go. Yeah, and a lot of us we don't understand how attached to suffering we become. Amen. And how attached to chaos we become, mm-hmm. you know, especially like from. <laughs> I just pulled a piece of fuzz out. Of my I mouth. thought maybe it was a chia seed or like a berry no, it was seed. A little piece of like fuzz. Amazing, but like yeah, especially you know, for those of us that may have childhood wounding or trauma that gets like encoded in us at a very young age, then we don't even yeah. we're not even conscious to the addiction we get of of the filler of suffering and the filler of chaos because that's our comp becomes the comfort zone yes and I've known for the longest time and like I feel like this conversation we're having right now really is the um like the true freaking expression of just like the path in general of like of of like I've known that it's possible to be in a state of peace no matter what. I've known it's possible. And then like for the last year and a half or two years, layer by layer, it's like I've been encroaching on being able to actually experience it. Mm. But then it took the shadow and me entering into the cave that holds within it one of my greatest fears. And it took me stepping in and accessing into that shadow cave for me to be able to enter in to the place that provided me the greatest pe- place of peace and light I've known. Amen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful expression of, of exactly what you're saying, the path and what it means to really surrender. And I had something happen to me yesterday where I got my mail. I don't even know. Well, I think it's fine for me to share this. I got my mail and I've been, I, I, I don't even, I guess I'll share that. Yeah, I don't, I never know how much to share or not to share. Mm. Something happened in a health insurance arena. Okay. Where I sent in forms and stuff two different times. Yeah. And it, somehow the universe sucked it into a portal. They didn't get it. And then I get a, a thing being mm. like, oh, we're going to cancel this. And I'm sure it's going to be okay. But what yeah. elicited, I have so much fear around not having health insurance. That's oh. not just for me, but my dad. Like, I can't believe I've never known this. As much as we talk, I didn't know you this existed. It's like a deep underlying one that I would never, like, it's, it's just, and it's, my dad is such a logical person. And that's something that you have to have. Like, mm. do not fuck with not having health insurance. And I get it. I completely get it. Like, but that's something that's like been ingrained in my head forever. It's like, you do not fuck with that. Okay. And just seeing like, and I'm sure it's going to all work out. I'm going to call them, you know, tomorrow, Monday. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to be like, I will fax it, email it, drive it. Are like, you stressing it though? Yeah. Well, so when I got this, the fear and, and the rage and everything that came, like, cause I was like, I fucking sent this to you twice. I don't even have a printer. Like I had to print this shit out, sent it two different times. Like where the fuck, like why, like, can we update systems? Can I just email you this shit? Or like, like, why am I even mailing you this? Like, like all of, right. like I just was so upset even at the system of it. Like this is right. so, you were just going to cancel it. Like call me motherfucker. Like, like I need, like I just was like and, so upset and then I just went, it's going to be okay. And it wasn't that simple, but like 
a surrender like and just, then on top of that are you having to then be patient because you can't get in touch with them until monday oh my god i literally i knew they were closed i called them yeah, like yeah, last yeah. night That's, and i knew i was gonna get the automated system yeah. but i just needed some kind of action yeah like i like i and i of course got the automated thing and i just was like huh, like i just was like fuck this like I just needed to do it able to leave it. a message or you know okay you know so that's what's interesting though because that has been I had no idea even though we've talked like probably eight hours this <laughs> week on the on FaceTime I had no idea this happened and this has been what's been coming up I've been noticing so many of us are experiencing facing being triggered and 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 being tr real triggery with some of our biggest rooted fears and then but the added layer of the patience yeah. because it's a whole different ball game when you can be triggered and instantly find your way to a solution with that trigger or some sort of like um yeah. end point but it's a whole different ball game when you then have to tack on <laughs> yeah. sitting with these feelings of being triggered, sitting with the fears for an extended period of time, that's where the real thing comes into play. How are you going to sit in that uncomfortability? Mm, hallelujah, sister. Because yes. thank you for verbalizing it in such a perfect way. Because yes, that was a thing of like, and it felt very built in. Like you, you have to wait. You have to sit with this. And you have to trust that it's going to be okay. Obviously, I still called just to get an automated <laughs> response. Yeah. Because I had to move some kind of energy somewhere and, and huff as I hung up. But yes, the patience and having to wait. Um, and then I did it. And here I am. Because I, like, I almost was like, I'm going to freeze time and just be mad and upset for a day and a half until I can call. And I was like, no, like enjoy tonight. I, I watched The Wolf of Wall Street again. So you were Love able, you were able to, because it's got your boy in it. Oh, Leah. Hey. <laughs> hey. But, um, but you were able to shift into places and pockets of time and phases of time where you were truly okay. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. It took some work. And then I was like, I'm going to enjoy this movie. Oh, my God, that fucking movie. And it's yes, a great movie. Had a dream about Leo where we were filming a movie and we had a little a makeout scene that I was actually very uncomfortable with. So it was interesting that even that like even in where I'm trying to be like Leo, even there it was like my dream was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but plus, I think his twin flames, Kate Winslet. So I'm not even trying to like step really? into that. Oh, yeah. Is she, she's married though, right? Or no? It's like her third marriage. But if you you need to watch on YouTube, Kate and Leo sweetest things said to each other. Like they love they're each other. in love with each other, and yet they have their own wounds and belief systems that are still keeping them as of now from fully entering that union. But like it's very obvious. Then I rewatched Titanic this week just to like not the part where it sings because I, I don't want to watch a boat sink again. Right. But but their love story. I'm like their chemistry. It's just it's like ages old. Like you mm -hmm. feel it and there's like that timeless mm -hmm. quality mm -hmm. and like and then you know he has great chemistry with Margot Robbie with Wolf yeah. of Wall Street but it doesn't feel if that feels like a soulmate connection for sure. Right. But it doesn't feel twin flame. It was interesting. The the girl that he dated um, fairly recently, I, I, it's not like we're besties. It's not like I know, know her, but I, I met her a number of times and like I've 
been in the same space as her a number of times. Nina Agdal, she's that beautiful, like Victoria's Secret. Um, Interesting that you've been in the space with her. Well, with him too. Like We one time yes, were exactly. sitting right next to him, but I didn't know until he got up and left and you were like, Kate. Well, Leo he, he was, was right sitting there. next to us the entire time. Thank God you didn't tell me because I would have been so awkward about yeah, it. Just yeah. staring at him. But it was interesting when he was dating her because they were actually together for quite some time. And um, like she is so lovely, like super down to earth, super friendly, really vibrant and, you know, just like effervescent, um, you know, not an egoic thing. And so I went and for him to see that they had, were together for so long, I was like, wow, is this, maybe this is the shift for him. Maybe this is something, but then I guess not. <laughs> I think it's him. You got to watch the video with huh. him. And I, I just, I, you know, I feel weird feeling into their energy and saying it on the podcast because I feel like I'm misusing my gift, even doing that with them. But yeah. I'll say a little, what I think is holding them back a little bit mm -hmm. um, is I think she's, since they met had like a, a self-consciousness around her weight like mm. she is very open about how she kind of used to be a chubby or whatever and first of all she's she beautiful. she's gorgeous like yeah. she you know what I mean I think she's just stunning no matter what weight she's at and yeah. I think part of it is like her really claiming not just her beauty but um something even deeper worth related yeah and um and I think, I, yeah, I, I already feel bad going that far into it. Well, then it. imagine, too, add on top of that, the the women that he always dates are Victoria's Secret yes. models and supermodels, like the most externally gorgeous women on the planet. So interesting. So that adds fuel to the fire. Exactly. Of like, yeah, like after he's been with all of that how or why could he even be with my figure yes. because it's so different than what he is what he gravitates to she's like venus figure you know yeah, totally um, voluptuous oh she's just and like so many people who've had makeout scenes with kate winslet like actors you know they they always say they're like oh i still hold a, hold a torch for her like mm. she has an energy and mm. leo even said when i think it was on oprah um who was your best kiss and he was like oh there's gonna be a lot of angry actresses and then he said Kate Winslet scrumdiddlyumptious oh yeah I, I yeah slurp slurp so I think that they are twin flames um so I think that was part of in my dream why I couldn't fully also you know I don't believe he's my twin flame so who do you think my twin flame is oh my god I can't do that right now <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to save that for after um I don't know you you've either not met him yet or if you have we'll have to do this after hilarious. <laughs> i'm like wait we've never talked about that well no we have but like can i so read to you a couple and then and then we get into the owl i just yeah. want to get your thoughts so because last time i read a whole list of twin flames and i just wanted to add like three to it mm, and i yeah. want to get your okay so one is do you watch game of thrones you don't right actually i i started to i i'd only freaking heard it. i was like two years late to the game well i don't know when it's first came out how many years ago a while i don't know though well i just i just started to watch it so I, I am now i'm familiar with what everyone's speaking of <laughs> so i think amelia clark and kit harrington john snow and um, the dragon Khaleesi. Khaleesi. yeah oh you so you think in real life yes. oh that is hot it often it often translates but he's engaged to the girl that was a wildling 
What? Who? You know nothing, Jon Snow. The the girl. The red-haired one? They're together in real in life. In real life? I did not know this. Yes. But I th- and I think that they're obviously in the in the show and in real life a soul a deep soulmate connection. But I think his twin flame for sure is Amelia Clark. I mean, Ooh. she is just oh sh- lights up a room, adorable hotness. Her figure. I mean, give me a break, Amelia. We love you. Okay. Um. Oh, Queen Elizabeth and Philip. I don't know if you've seen The Crown. No. On, but um, yeah, shoot, in I'll real life and in out. the show. Um, and uh, what's the deal with them in real life? Are they both married to other people? Do you know? Oh, no. Queen Elizabeth and Philip are still together. King Philip. But um, you mean like in real it, life? In or- real life. So so the show, The Crown, is based on them for real. But it goes into their story. And I'm like, whoa, they are twin flames. Like, oh, holy shit. Like, okay. yeah, it really the show goes into it. I don't think in a way that they appreciate it in real life. Hmm. But for me, seeing their dynamic in an intimate way, um, even though it's being played by, played by actors. It's but like, the actors. But you're saying, are you saying the actors that play those parts should be together? I like that you brought that up. I think both, actually. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Um, oh, and then this is the one I really want because I have a couple others, but we don't we can save those for like towards the end. So last time I said Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner and a lot of but I wasn't sure about it. And I said that I go, I'm not sure. And then I've talked to a couple people still not sure, but this might be and I'm scared to say it. Twin Flames with Ben Affleck might be Jennifer Lopez. Do you remember when they were together? Oh, uh, yeah. Do you remember how crazy in love they were? Like they were making out, like tonguing each so other. So hot. The video that she filmed for for one of her songs, he was in it on the boat on the yacht yes. in Miami or wherever they were, and he was rubbing up on her in the video. Yes. So they were so overt with their passion. I think they might be twin flame. I, I think I'm scared to even say it because J Lo such a powerful entity, and like I don't even because she's like with a Rod. Like I don't even want to like rub up against I anything with hear, her like I can almost hear, hear her response to that of like being no like, no not even like not even angry like that just basically like because she is clearly an awakened queen yeah. and like I, I feel like she has evolved she's someone who evolves continuously like us yes. and I feel like her response would be like just uh, hang on because I heard it in my head it was almost just like she kind of has that cute little chuckle and she's just like, <laughs> she's like amused by it. And she's just like, girl, n- like it's just to her, it's just a funny thought because of where she has ascended to. And I think, yeah, she probably, listen to me I talk know. like I know her answer. I, I feel don't. like they might. But once again, this is one that I've, when I, it, it's tricky with her. I'm not sure why. Uh-huh. Trickier with her than it is for me to feel into these other couples. But I do have a feeling it might be Ben Affleck. Well, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying well, I would pick up on her reaction to yes. it being. And I think if she were to think about it, she would think about how physically attracted to one another they are and like all that stuff. And But whatever. Yeah. I've never seen either of them be so lit up Yeah. than in that dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Clearly yeah. her and A-Rod have a hotness to them as well, oh, obviously. Oh, it's a whole different thing. It's yeah. very interesting with all of her relationships how different the essences of each one feels you know it's like truly different chapters and evolution 
Yes. Anyway, I want to hear what you were about to go into the hawk and owl thing. You have your book. Well, we can just talk about it a little bit. Well, it was interesting because, um, yeah, so hawk was the animal medicine for February. And then owl came in very clearly for March. And when I was, you know, so Al had presented herself and it wasn't until I started doing more research when, when my big animal speak dictionary, I, when I was reading up on owl, I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea about this previously, but do you see how on the bottom it says owl and then hawk and it lists, uh, no way they're connected. Oh wow. I love that. So owl represents lunar and nighttime Mm. and then it lists a bunch of different kinds of owls and then hawk represents solar and daytime. Interesting. And I had no idea that they were so potently interlinked like that. Would you have ever guessed that? No. No. And so, but what was interesting for me on a personal level with the owl medicine is that I have been noticing for a long time, probably for a couple of years, like from my upper spine through my neck, I've been just like... I. Feeling pain almost to the point where I'm like, did I experience whiplash years ago and I just never knew it because I've just had so much pain in my neck. And then when I was reading up about owl, there's so much, so many properties to owl. It's one one of the most potent medicines. In the book, the owl has like six or seven pages, whereas most animals have like one or two. And one of the things that just jumped out at me, like it had like illumination on it. It talks about how... People that have owl medicine as their one of their main totems, if you are experiencing like pain or mm. like discomfort or issues with your neck, you're suppressing what a lot of the gifts that owl represents, which is the ability to see so truly mm. and access so deeply into other people's truths and soul that you see their truth and soul most times much far, far more than what they even know their truth Mm. or soul to be. You know what I mean? And that is so one of my main gifts. And that took me back to childhood of it being one of my primary gifts, you know, you know, I'm visionary and I'm clairvoyant and I'm clairaudient and like, there's so many different ways I access and my gifts work. But this one of me being able to a lot of times even very instantly access truth on people, I think to self to preserve to to preserve certain relationships as I was a little girl Mm. I had to suppress that owl gift of seeing truth and it it spoke to me and then with all the pain in my neck and I was like oh wow it's time for me to allow myself to have this gift activated within me again. And I have to trust because it can get a little scary because it's like if you're walking around seeing everyone's truth and seeing their soul way more than what they even know their soul, how the hell then do you navigate all these relationships? It makes it really tricky and it can make it really freaking difficult sometimes. Especially when you're a kid. Yeah. And, And so then I now know it's time for me to let that gift fully activate and flourish again. And I have to trust because it's revealing itself to me. I know that it's time. I have to trust that my soul is ready to have it come alive again. I have to trust in the divine timing. And I have to trust that I will find my way. And I will navigate my way through with 
me being able to see all of this stuff, I'll, I have to know that I'll find my way with each relationship then. You know what I mean? And, and we were talking a little bit about this or a lot about this before we started recording because um, we're talking about intuition on the deepest level, right? Yeah. And it's not just about seeing other people's truths, our own, right? And really allowing ourselves to let that, because we've always had every one of us deep intuition, but we had to, some of us had to disconnect as kids if we were being punished for speaking our truth. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, so so a part of what Alice and I were talking about without going too deep into it um, is when you're not able to live yet in a way that's fully aligned with your own intuition, because it's not where you're there yet, even, you know, that's a whole other dance as well is like, oh, my intuition's telling me I shouldn't go to this place, or maybe I should do this instead. And yet, I don't want to fully align with my deepest truth yet. And and being okay with that is still your intuition, because sometimes your intuition's telling you, yes. this is where I'm at. Even if this person that I'm about to hang out with isn't exactly the one I think I should today, or, you know, I'm taking this gig that, you know, my intuition saying, maybe not, but this is what I want to do. And, yes. and honoring that too, like, but this is where I'm at is, is still listening to your intuition, right? In an interesting way is saying like, okay, like maybe this person isn't the one and yet I still want to explore this or a job thing, whatever. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but like that's the interesting part. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is then, you know, which, what do we do then? Which one do we go with? And, and if we have both sets of awarenesses, right, we've, we are, we are working, we're so awake and we're so conscious that we're working with both fields of awareness. We're aware of the field of our deeper soul knowingness that's like, no, (laughs) turn the other way, shut the door. (laughs) And then we've got the other awakened awareness of, okay, I hear that. I'm acknowledging that. But like you just said, this is where I'm at right now. And there's a part of me that even with the deeper soul knowingness wants to do this dance a little bit more. So is there a right or wrong? And then if we choose to go with the one that we want to do the dance more, even in spite of our our higher self knowledge, then how do we move forth with that decision um, and not be plagued by fear or like, you know what I mean? No, what a beautiful, it's reminding me. So in my school, they've been teaching us a meditation. It's a walking meditation called impersonal movement. And a couple steps within there is where you nest opposites, which reminds me of the first thing, not that they're necessarily opposites, but like this one place that's saying, this is your uttermost deepest truth. And then this other place, it's like, this is where I'm at. And this is what I want to do. And you just kind of hold both, right? It's like, both exist. And then from that comes volition desire of like, what do I really, what's really pulling me? And what direction do I want to go in? And I think the most beautiful piece in all this, and my, the founder of my school, Jason Schulman, when he was on the podcast with his amazing, talented wife, Arlene, he helped me with this of like, this exact thing of, just approaching life like there is a right or wrong okay. was giving him more information than the actual what which way to go. Because, I'm not following yet. So 
there essentially what he was saying to me is like I was being so hard on myself of am I supposed to do this am I supposed to do that am I supposed to go in this direction or that and it's more about right now in this exact moment I feel like doing this and now I feel like doing this it's like really allowing I think the flow of I'm nesting these different places one place tells me this isn't this person isn't the one, but this other place is telling me I want to explore this and I still, this is where I'm supposed to be. Okay. And then there's this whole other place. It's like, I actually want to go over in this whole other direction. That's not even either of that. Like, okay. And just kind of allowing all of those things in. And mm-hmm. then from there going, so what do I want to do? And it doesn't have to be like, what do I want to do? As if mm-hmm. it's going to determine your fate. Yeah. You yeah. know, with the big F. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like you're going in the direction you're meant to, which is just you unfolding as the flower you are. Uh-huh. And it doesn't have to be as heavy, you know, like, yeah. it, it can just be like, okay, I feel like doing this. And trusting that whatever you whatever that decision is, is going to help open up more options. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I just fucked up. Or is this the right decision? Or it doesn't have to be as yeah, heavy. Yeah, because I think it, it, it can kick in like, oh, you're overriding your highest self communication, you know, what's going to come of this decision then? You know what I mean? Um, Especially when you're someone who has had awakenings and you in the past, part of the reason you had awakenings was because you were resisting what your higher self was trying to tell you. Yeah. You know, but I think it does feel different. Maybe I'm just trying to tell myself this, but it does feel different when you have that awareness of all of it. Yeah. And it also brings up to me an Abraham Hicks quote. You're also not getting engaged right now. Do you know what I mean though? Like our past selves. Yeah. I'll speak for me. I mean, I made decisions where suddenly I'm engaged again after just calling off this other wedding and now I'm pregnant. Like, yeah, my resistance then compared to my resistance now is a whole other ball game. That's true. <laughs> I don't want to bring up any like crazy personal things for you, but same with you. Like, we're not talking like you're placing a heaviness on things that are not that heavy. That's true. You know, it's like. Yes. Like you're already headed in this direction. Like your resistance is nothing compared to you and I both weren't even awake really at all, probably to the people we're comparing to. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and with Abraham Hicks, um, they have a quote that's like, make a decision and make it the right one. You know what I mean? Like you just like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, um, like wh- whatever the decision is that you want to do, like then then make it. it. Yeah. Wear it. Make that the right thing and keep moving. Keep it moving. Yeah. Like don't put on the outfit and then the whole day be like stupid fucking outfit. I should put on the other outfit. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm wearing this outfit. Or like, like if I would have worn that outfit, everything would have been different. I would have gotten the job. Yeah. yeah I would have gotten yeah. the guy. Yeah. Oh God. What a tortured way of living. Exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, and it's even like, I'll, I'll compare it to the health insurance thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I better call the right time and I better send it at the, you know, and it's kind of like, it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Like whatever's happening in this thing mm-hmm. um, is going to happen regardless. I'm just going to try the best I can with the abilities I have and trust that it's going to go the way it's supposed to. And that's just a much less tortured way of existing. And I think you and I both have a perfectionistic gene. And I know for myself, like, oh my gosh, even 10 years ago, mm-hmm. not that I was always conscious of it, but 
there was so many stakes in everything I did yeah. and beating myself up. Oh my God, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And now I think I'm just way freer about the way I approach life. Thank God. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, all right, I'm going to try my best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just softening. Like we were saying the other day on the phone of just like doing the best I can. <laughs> this is where I'm at today. This is this is where I'm at. These are the thoughts I'm having. These are the things that are coming up for me. This is what I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Just like, all right, I'm human. It's all. And plus you and I and so many people listening, everyone, we've come so far and have learned so many lessons that it's like at some point you just have to go like, I'm killing it. Like, I'm not where maybe I thought ego Kate thought I was supposed to be. Right. I mean, if you asked me when I started comedy eight years ago, I thought by now I'd be like ridiculously rich and famous. (laughs) Yeah, you would be in the pool and your mansion and you would have like at least a couple of movie franchises under your belt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was but like, yeah, like I just I had different expectations. And um, now I'm kind of like and I played this game with myself this morning of really asking my higher self. And having a dialogue like, okay, why am I here? Why is this the dream? Mm -hmm. This is my dream. It has to be. I'm living it. So why is this my dream? And I really had a great conversation like, oh, I'll explain to you why this is your perfect present dream. And I went back and forth. What are a couple of the answers? Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, (laughs) This is a great exercise. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's see. Um, Why am I currently still single in the way that I am? Right. Um, it's so funny because it's so deep. Like the, I'll try to do it as from a present moment. So if I try to go back to what the answer was then, who knows exactly what came through. But I believe, let me tune into it. You know, I was a serial monogamist. It was part, I have for real been struggling with a love addiction my entire life. It wasn't conscious when it started, but I really, and there's a line in one of my poems, I made heroin out of men. Mm. Um, which is what people can do. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, look at that person. He's an alcoholic. Honey, you can make heroin out of yoga, out of men, Everything. out of gambling, porn. I mean, I could name every food. Um, so I did that with men and I'm sure many other things, including sugar. Um, and I really am still in process. Being single is allowing me to fully come into my power. And it's a lot harder for me to individuate when I'm in a relationship, Mm -hmm. I still very much want to give up a lot of myself to stay in that thing. Yeah. And I very much want to soon be in a twin flame partnership, but I, I know that I had to be single and I guess still currently have to be to really step into my power and continue, continue on the path that I'm meant to be on. And once again, it's very easy for me to give up my path and want to live for the other person um, and for me, what I really want in the deepest level is freedom, freedom to be who I really mm-hmm. am. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting closer to be able to hold that freedom while in a partnership. Yeah. But up until I think currently, I wasn't able to hold totally the freedom early. and the partnership. Um, and I do feel that I'm getting closer with it, but it would be a bigger nightmare for me to be with someone and not 
truly be who I am. Oh, no. Been there, done that. As we say, got 10 t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Started a t-shirt got franchise. Got the sweater, got the turtleneck, got the sweatshirt. Got Sweatpants the- have it <laughs> along the side. <laughs> <laughs> like we had a store of merchandise yeah. for that one. Yeah. So there you go. So that's like part of, okay, you know. Okay, that's a great exercise. I feel like for me, for your listeners. So you you wake up and you, how, how do you ask yourself? So I connect to my higher self very consciously. I'm like, okay, this is the dream I'm living. I, I think I want to be somewhere else, but this is it. This is my present moment. This is where I'm at. This is my current home slash apartment. And then from there, I go, well, let me ask, why is this my dream right now? Got Why it. is this my That's brilliant. Yeah. And then and then it and honestly Tim helped me with it a while ago because I remember saying to him telling him about the mansion I had picked out. Yeah. And I was like that's my dream home. That and it, and it is in a certain way. But he said which woke me up. He was like, "Well, I believe that my current home is my dream home." And it kind of shook me a little bit. And I was like, "Huh?" And that was like my first, uh, and he very often allows me to come into a reality that I don't want to necessarily be in. Because at that moment, I was off in fantasy mansion, which I do think will be my mansion one day. Right. But not right now. So why is right now this current apartment home? The dream. The dream. And it is for so many reasons. It reminds me of um, the town home I lived in with my dad and my brother before my dad got married. And I think it's allowing me to heal a lot of Ah, that was like my safe place probably one of my only safe places yeah it'll make me emotional when my dad got married and they combined homes I suddenly didn't feel like it was my home anymore so uh, this my current place reminds me in so many ways of this town home before that happened and so I think there are a lot of things it feels so mine and it feels the space feels manageable I don't feel ready yet to be worthy of a mansion even though I know I am on a deep deep level it feels like I have to own and and accept that I'm worthy of this home before I'm ready for something mm-hmm. else. There's so many things. Yeah, that's such a powerful exercise. Yeah, so, and it helps. It, I mean, I feel like I'm in such a good mood today. One, because I had Leo, um, well, I'm God, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Angelina Jolie fighting over me in a dream. Amazing. <laughs> they were like trying to like, they were like running jokes past me and like, so really like I wanting your approval. Yeah. So I woke up like and I know it was just a dream and I very much admire all of them and look up to them, which I did in the dream as well. But I, I just kind of woke up, did that exercise. And I'm like, I am like, this is my dream. Like I'm and I'm sitting across from one of my best friends who's like an ascended master walking the earth plane. Like, I just love you completely. Like, what a dream. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll make me emotional to really go there. But mm-hmm talk about the first time I met you on you know invasion of privacy but with Joe Santagato like so, and I remember we have the picture <laughs> maybe I should repost one of <laughs> yeah. like I look like right I just met Oprah Winfrey like I am geeking out like my eyes are just like I'm like ah you know the joy that's erupting <laughs> from your smile you're like yeah yeah and like here I am like getting to sit across from you and talk about alien codes coming through for you and owl and hawk medicine and I'm just so grateful that I have a friendship like this where I never feel 
judged for being out there mm-hmm. or talking about aliens or crystals or whatever. Um, and it's still a newer friendship. Like this is still a newer thing that graced my life. And um, I just, and especially since my accident a couple of weeks ago, I just, it, it's helping me to realize this is my dream and I'm so grateful mm-hmm. and I've come a long way. And the Titanic also really helped me when watching Rose and having her be, they were trying to impose a life upon her, Mm -hmm. her mother and her current fiance. And I really, and I've been there where I felt like many times a life was being imposed upon me and I was the biggest one imposing it, my belief system. Yeah, sure. And I'm just grateful. I'm like, man, I've broken free. I just released labia game. Like I've broken free in so many ways of what, people thought my life was supposed to be and what I thought my life was supposed to be. Yeah. And I just want to keep celebrating my own freedom. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. You keep blasting through those layers, like blasting through, punching another one through, stepping through another one, like opening it up wider and wider, fuller and fuller, you know, just. And so do you. Mm. You do. Yeah. Yes. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like, Oh my goodness. And it's hard. Um, I want to talk about, I definitely want to talk about the banana stand. Mm. You just did an amazing Instagram, but you have to, if you're not following Allison Charles, the rock star shaman on Instagram, you gots to. She has such high vibrational posts that are both visually engaging and then also spiritually on the deepest level activate things within your system. Um, so I would definitely recommend if you're not yet and um, you did a post about the banana stand, which we had talked about. <laughs> and I would just, I just want, I would love for you to explain, cause I have this, I never called it a banana stand. Cause my vision was a, a, a separate, but similar place of wanting to escape, escape. And I would love to hear you explain what the banana stand is. Yeah. So I try, I think it started maybe a few years ago, um, I guess it is a um, a defense mechanism or a self-preservation mode that I would go go into when I would hit up against. Now, I didn't know this at the time. Um, You know, all these years ago when the banana stand vision first got initiated and activated. But yes, now I come to understand when I am hitting up against certain phases in my life where I feel like I just cannot go on anymore. You know, and two days ago was one of those days. I just, for so many different reasons, I felt tapped out. I felt maxed to the limit. I was just throughout the day hitting limit after limit and and resistance after resistance. And I was just like, oh my God, I was sobbing and sobbing. I was just like, I, looking around, just like, what is all of this? What am I doing with my life? Like, I just, I can't go on anymore. I don't want to go on anymore. And then I have, when I am hitting that maxed of a place, I always have this vision, this place I want to go to. And it's like a faraway island. And (laughs) it's a very clear vision. Do we know which island or no? Well, it's like, yes, like Bora Bora, or it's, you know, somewhere in that neck of the the woods on the planet. Where is Bora Bora? Far away. Okay. It's like (laughs) over there. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> who 
even cares? Got it. It's Bora Bora. So, yeah. I love that. Bora Bora. Over there. And yeah. it totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have a stand and it's a banana stand and it sits right on the beach and it's like fun and playful and it sits right in front of a very luxurious and posh resort, you know, but it's right in front of it. And, you know, it's made of like uh, reclaimed wood that, you know, that was floating in some nearby lagoon or whatever. Yes. And, um, you know, it's just like the vibes. There's this amazing music playing and 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 like the signs are like hand painted, you know, like organic banana smoothie for five cents. But you get a free one. If you can do a handstand <laughs> on the sand for a minimum of 15 seconds, if anyone can do that, then you get a free organic banana smoothie. Amazing. And it's just so fun. And I, that is my stand. Wow. And like, that's my life. I, you know, like I'm in a bathing suit and you hear the ocean waves crashing and you're on the sun and you're whipping up. You've got your Vitamixes going and all this like fresh organic fruit. And then after I have my playtime being out in the elements and the sunshine and all those high vibrations during the day, my house where I stay is a freaking king presidential suite within the resort that it sits behind or that it wow. sits in front of. And so then I go in to the opulence and the luxury where anything you need is at your beck and call, self-care is on demand, and you're in those different kind of high vibrations. Because I like both. I like the being at one with earth and the elements and, and, and being playful and getting a little gritty, but I also love pure luxury and opulence too. And that is where I go, my friend. The ban- and I call the that the, a banana stand day when I am like effing done. I want to tap out. I can't go on anymore. And then I, I, my brain takes me to, it's time to escape. You got to get to Bora Bora. You got to pack all this stuff up. It's, it's done. Yeah. This phase of your life is done. You got to get to the banana stand. And so anytime I know I'm hitting that, that's when I know I'm, I'm in a, uh, an up-leveling phase in my life. And I've noticed it. It's happened enough and I've been consciously aware of it enough that I'm like, okay, Allison, if you're having a banana stand thought kind of day, that means your life is about to go somewhere spectacular. But it's like, ugh. Yeah, and, and I just could so relate whereas like oftentimes when I'm not, liking my current dream um I go it, it wasn't a banana stand but it's some kind of not just an island I think about traveling from place to place like having no anchor at all almost mm. like almost like not not a backpack because there's more opulence to it than just a backpack but um pretty much like a nice van or you know and just mm. having no responsibility and of course it's just a fantasy because I have a son and I would never want to not have him be like a daily part of my life Mm -hmm. and yet the fantasy when things in my current life are not feeling bless you thank you um fulfilling or whatever it is I I want to escape to like from beach to beach to so it's hiking. like global. It's not just over here. It's like you're somewhere. I else. just want to be on the move. It's almost like problems will never catch me. Kind of yeah. a feeling. And then I always have to remind myself. And you said this quote where it's like, "Wherever you go, there you are." Yes, <laughs> ain't no escaping the issues or whatever. You not that not not that things are even issues. Just no, can't. I agree. Yeah, it's like you know we we think that if we change the scenery whatever discomforts we have will go away and it might shift it. It, it 
there's a genuine, you know, energy affects energy. So sometimes you do need to be in a beautiful place. So it's not to say, you know, those things aren't real. Um, and yet, if you have, you know, an abandonment issue or whatever it is, it's not going to go just because you're by the mountains or beach or like we always talk about we the key to all of this and you must always get to the root always like you have to keep peeling back the layers of the onion like if if you're aware of a behavior within yourself like you got to go down, go down, go down, go down, go down and get to the very bottom root of it. Otherwise, it's only going to shift or keep reappearing or whatever. Like, yep. It ain't. Pima Chadron has that quote where it's like, I'm going to mess. I'm going to butcher it a bit. But it's like nothing goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. Mm-hmm. OK, didn't butcher it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually verbatim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I surprised myself there. I think because I took the pressure off is what yeah. allowed it to come out. But um, but I so believe that. And that quote's been speaking to me for from the very beginning of my spiritual journey. She was one of the first teachers that came mm-hmm. came in. And um, I really believe that. And oftentimes, whether it's location or a specific romantic partner, I've been guilty of thinking, oh, I just need to get rid of this partner and I won't feel this pain anymore. I'll just get rid of this location. And, you know, and to some degree that like, look, I left art teaching and that particular job was not helping me grow anymore. But it also leaving didn't suddenly fix the whole thing. Right. You know, and um, it just opened it up and opened you up to get to the places that you needed to go and access to get the thing being fixed amen yes yeah it, it it allowed me to expand yeah and open up my pedals but it didn't fix me and I'm not even yet fixed the only thing that ever really obviously fixes us is just yourself having to go deeper and deeper within and really using everything as as a mirror mm-hmm. so now even now because I get triggered all the time still but what's really changed is the moment I'm blaming something for my discomfort, mm-hmm. um, really f- making myself go in and say, mm-hmm. OK, what's what's this really about? What's this showing me about me that I don't want to see? Yeah, that's the thing, because as we've talked about so many times, it's so much easier for us to see what someone else is doing. Oh, like, why do you think they always act like that? Or I'm so aware, like, can we talk about something? Because I've really been seeing something within you that, like, (laughs) you may need to be aware of. And it's just, um, yeah, it's so much easier, obviously, to see what someone else is doing. But then, yeah, tracking back within yourself, like... I think we've both gotten better at it, but... um, Oh, we've made, I think, huge strides. Of like letting ourselves see the stuff within us, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what's so beautiful, too, about our friendship is I think we both don't let each other at this point fully go into a blame. Do you know what I mean? Like some some girlfriends love to get... And this is going to sound dissy, and I'm sorry, but like get together and be like that girl sucks she's a jerk or that guy he's just da 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 and like sometimes someone was a total jerk and you have every right to vent and express but when you find yourself continuously wanting to vent about other people being dicks or jerks Mm -hmm. you know something's going on and you and I for the most part like even if we have to for a second be like this person is not seeing my power. After about 10, 15 minutes, we go, okay, what's going on with me? Like, what's this showing me? Yeah. And that, those are the kind of 
I feel, high vibrational discussions that will always take us to a higher place. Vent for as long as you need about the other person, whatever, but ultimately going back and saying, okay, what do I need to learn from this? What what am I doing? What am I missing? What's a blind spot here for me? Yeah. And that's the balanced equation that is the key is like letting ourselves feel those human emotions and not denying ourselves from feeling that stuff and accessing those feelings. It's like, okay, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling rageful. I'm so frustrated. Oh, he's, why is he such a jerk? Or, you know, and like, like, letting that humanness be expressed and be accessed and touch pointed, but then, then shifting to the higher plane of what is the lesson here? What's going on here? And that's like, yeah, letting us have the both, both. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, why we have grown so much is like, we, we continually, or continuously, whatever the, I guess it's both. Both. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's because for, for people who really, really want to grow down here in these densities, really the only way to do it is to be willing to look within. And when your shame body is too big, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to do that because you feel like a piece of shit at first when you start seeing the ugly and the dark. Um, and then eventually I think I've gotten to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, that was really bitchy. Yeah. Especially when you start looking at your subconscious and like, wow, I can't believe I said or did that. That, that came from a place of anger. Wow. Mm -hmm. I really, I guess was still mad at this person and didn't Mm want to see that. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Um, and, and I'm less hard on myself and I'm not like, I can't believe I, I'm like, oh wow, that was I was really angry. For sure. I know. So many awarenesses. Awareness. Uh, I'm so happy you came on. Oh my gosh. It's always so great. I love, like the time goes by so fast. So fast. I looked down and I was like, oh wow, that was a time warp. But just in general, I was just thinking about this this morning. I mean, I've been having this thought, but the last like month to two months, time and space just like where is it I just I feel like the days are warping past Mm. and like I'll look at the time and it'll be like four or five or six at night and I'm just like where do where for real for real though not just saying like where did the day go like no for real like where the f did the day go and I just feel like time does not something is happening with time I'm feeling it's funny because a wrinkle in time just came out in theaters right oh hey (laughs) with your girl Ava (laughs) (laughs) um no I agree and yet for me some days still extend but it's still like in relationship to that whole thing of like what is time what is space like some days drag and then some days zip and it's you know it's even with daylight savings it just shows you that time is real but also such an illusion and yeah it's it's much zippier and weirder and wrinklier than we realize for sure which is just like that portal and I know we got to wrap it up but like that portal when I was falling asleep and getting those codes delivered to me and then I entered in that realm Mm. I especially when when work like that is taking place I have no concept of time because when I was trying to tell you about that story on the phone like the next day I was like I don't know I think if I had to guess I was receiving the sacred geometry and the alien hieroglyphs for 10 minutes and then when I rolled over and entered into the realm of pure 
you know, unadulterated peace and faith and trust. I think I was in the accessing that portal, that orb for like a half hour, but like, I have no idea. I might've been in that portal for five hours. I don't know. Yeah. It's so interesting when it comes to those deep, deep places, whether mm-hmm. it's through a meditation or just your own self accessing a portal, how really <laughs> it's hard to know. Yeah. Cause there've been so many times where I'm like, thinking that meditation was like five minutes and it was like half an hour, especially with sound baths. Yeah. Sound. Uh Oh, Oh, my thing went out for a second. Um, sound baths for me warp time mm-hmm. a bit in a good way where it's like, what just happened? Yeah. But, um, okay, we're good. For a second. I got so worried that I was like, Oh no, did it just, no, but we're well, totally- that's happened to me before I've done a, a podcast. that was like, so, off the charts because we had never met each other before you know this guy and yeah. I at the end his machine no. <laughs> n- lost everything I was like no. what a night like oh. that feeling and so now every time I podcast ever since I'm always like that thing better be running the whole time we've been doing this I'm like please let her machine for a be split second it just went out for a quick sec for whatever the mic <sighs> But I was like, I swear to God, no, we're totally okay. (laughs) I, I, yeah, it like put a little like post-traumatic podcast. Yeah, my heart went okay. So, so, uh, Allison, where can they find you? Well, as you mentioned, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Rockstar Shaman. But I also want to let everyone know I'm super excited about this new project that I'm just launching. Once a month for the next four months, you can join me online for a new moon meditation. It's the first time I'm doing anything like this. Like before with all of my talks and events, you had to be like either in New York or LA or, you know, somewhere you could physically go. Now for the first time from the comfort of your home, you can, you know, join and every month on the new moon, I'll guide you through like getting clear on your intentions for the new moon. I'll let you can lay down and relax and I'll guide you on a new moon meditation. It's going to be really powerful. And the other cool thing is, so in order to register, you can go to the homepage of my website, allisoncharles.com or rockstarshaman.com. And there's a link that will take you to register. Or you can go to the nonprofit that I'm partnering with called The Mind Oasis. And it's mm. themindoasis.org. And because it's a nonprofit, we have different tiers of pricing. Oh, I love so that. So there's no excuse. Like if you Aww. are doing great financially, you can pay the normal price and it actually can cover the cost of someone who's maybe struggling a little bit. And if you're just like really wanting to do these next four new moons with me and you're just at a point financially where you're just like, oh, I really want to do this. There's a donate button to where like there's for real no reason you can't do this. So everyone listening. Yeah. (laughs) If your heart's telling you you want to do it, money can't be the excuse. You can do this. And I've been to a lot of Allison's events and they're unreal. They're amazing. And yeah. Thank you. I've met. I guess two or three of different spirit animals because of you. And each one was such a uniquely but intense experience. Yeah. So cool. So, yeah. So it's just one hour in the evenings. Um, and we'll be harnessing and uniting with the deep, potent power and majesty of La Luna. Yes. La Luna. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. For me, buy my album. Yeah. <laughs> If you ain't peeped the labia game. <laughs> that, yeah. Check out labia game for sure on YouTube. It's under my channel. It's also listed under two other channels, but um, you can go under Kate Wolf. That's an easy way to find it. Labia game is on there. Um, I love your comments. Everyone 
all of my listeners obviously have been very, very positive. Um, and then, yeah, my actual comedy album, 1111, available on iTunes and other places. But I think iTunes is the easiest way to access. I would love for you to buy and support. You can rate on iTunes. Um, but yeah, get that. And the Labia Game song is on there as well. Um, I'm trying to think when this comes out. I think, yeah, check out my website. I need to update it. Uh, they, <laughs> okay, I've been well, working on that the last couple of days. Com. I definitely need to update it. But the Clit Ninja t-shirts are on there. So, well, hello. There's no other reason you need. Hello. But yeah, definitely get um, my album 1111. Check out Labia Game. And thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much, Allison, for coming on. Donka Shay, my dear fellow goddess queen, dragon sorceress friend. Love you. <laughs> Day nada. Love you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.